grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied abundantly unto you all through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. A woman was expecting her young man to come and take her out on a date. And this young man was going to come and sweep this young lady off her feet. Likewise, the young woman had done everything she could to make the arrival of her date a very special moment. She was dressed to the hilt, had all of her makeup on, and sat patiently waiting for her date to arrive. She was ready. Well, as it, as it would happen, her date didn't get there at the time she expected him. She walked back and forth and became very impatient. She waited for an hour until she decided she had been stood up. She was convinced that her date was not coming. The young lady was insulted and angry and decided to make herself comfortable. She removed her makeup, put on her pajamas. She got out all the junk food in the house, sat down to binge watch TV, and just as her favorite TV show was coming on, the doorbell rang. You got it. It was her date. And she went and opened the door. Her date stared at her in amazement and said, I'm two hours late and you're still not ready? <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> oh. Today we're going to talk we're going to talk about getting ready for the coming of the king. And Jesus has given us prophecies concerning the coming of the day of the Lord. And I put some up there on the screen, categorized for you, which is kind of really nice, very helpful. And we can see these things generally happening even in our own lifetime. They have been given for two reasons, signs of the end, to warn us and to comfort us. Warn us because some of these things are, that are coming are signs of God's judgment on a sin-filled and rebellious world. And to comfort us, the good news of salvation will be preached and continue to be preached to all generations, and including us. So Jesus says, be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down. Just taking that phrase, what does that sound like, weighed down? Hearts weighed down, it sounds like depression. All this trouble, all this uncertainty, all this frustration, all this stress that's been added to even our generation. You've got all that you are facing in your own situation in life, whatever that might be. And on top of that, you've got all that the world is going through weighing you down. And 
It's enough to get you a headache, a bad headache. And that's actually kind of what the next phrase is really referring to where it says dissipation and drunkenness and anxieties of life. Dissipation and drunkenness. That is referring to that hangover headache. A pounding headache, a heartache because of the anxieties of life. It's that foggy feeling. And what you want to do when you have this pounding stress headache is you just want to sleep it off. I'm depressed. I'm tired. I'm weighed down. Isn't it interesting? Don't you find it fascinating that Jesus knew that mental health would be an issue in this world and for his followers? So he tells us, hey, be careful how you live. Don't try to escape your problems. Don't try to bury your problems. Be careful how you live and how you think. And so in verse 28, he says, When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Man, that's good news. Let's not forget the good news. Your redemption is drawing near. That's comforting. That's reassuring. What is redemption? That's when a bad thing is made into a good thing. We have redeeming stories in movies. We like to watch those kind of movies. Redemption. Jesus is our redeemer. He takes that which is sinful, us, and he makes us holy. He redeems us. All our life with all the struggles, with all the heartaches, with all the troubles and all the missed opportunities and all the angst, he's going to redeem. And he's already done that through his son's death and resurrection. Through Jesus, he's, he's died and rose again to redeem us. And he continues to do that today in our daily lives as we confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. That's redemption. Now, some people just use the signs as a sort of death threat to scare people into believing. But the signs are not just meant for those who don't believe or for those who are lax in their belief. They certainly are. They're meant for all people. Just as the rest of God's word is meant for everybody. That's why God calls his church to proclaim his, world to, his word to the world. The signs act as guidance and comfort. So Jesus tells us what to look forward to so we are not deceived or surprised. And God gives us signs of the end of the world to prepare us to be ready and alert at all times. And it's a real comfort to know what lies around the corner. You're approaching a corner, and it's good to know what lies around it. 
God loves us so much that he does not want us to lose our faith. So he warns us about things that will, quite frankly, challenge us. And may cause us to doubt and may cause us to despair and may cause us to act other than how we should at his children. And are we in a time and a day and age when that could be happening? We look at our world and what's happening in it and we see that Jesus said, these types of things, these challenges would be happening. And they are. God who knows everything, his word is true. Now I'm going to trust his promise all the more. He said this would happen. And it has, and it is happening. So God says he will forgive your sins, and he has. He does, and he takes care of me. He said he would, and he has. And this, and he said he would bring us to everlasting life with him, and he will. So all the signs and their fulfillment point us to a great and glorious day. So don't be frightened about this particular prophecy that nations will be in anguish, that the sea will be roaring, that there will be terror and apprehension in the world. It's reality. But reality doesn't hurt as much if you are expecting it. And Jesus says, expect it. It's like when you get a needle, you brace yourself for the poke. Hmm. We don't want bad things to happen, but we know they will. We've lived in this world long enough to know bad things will happen. Okay? It's helpful to be warned so we can be prepared. And I can't help but think of the poor people who were flooded in BC. And when they interview some of them, wow, it came so fast. We had no warning. It's a flood. It came so fast. They probably wish they had a bit more warning. Not that they could stop the impending disaster, but so they could avoid some of the difficulties or even the, of the aftermath. And Jesus spoke these words not to gratify our desires for information concerning the mysteries of the future, nor are they given to appease our curiosity about, curiosity about things unknown. Prophecies might be teaching us about the future, but they're way more than that. They have practical importance for the present. They are given to us so that we can read these things that are going to happen and then change our behavior and our attitude now in the present before the future comes. So, in, chapter, in verse 36, how does God want us to live? And I love these words in their four. Not hard to remember. Watch. Pray. 
understand and be able. I love those words. Be always on the watch. Stay awake and pray. Talk to God constantly about what you are going through, how you are feeling. Prayer, your relationship with God, and you all the more take time for that in the chaos and confusion of this life. That you may be able, able, that you may be able, get your strength from the one who is strong, to escape all that is about to happen, that you may be able to stand. I just, stand? Stand before the Son of Man. We're going to talk about that. That's a position of strength. So, watching for what? Watching for the kingdom of God, for the rule and reign of God. Even so, when you see these things happen, you know that the kingdom of God is near. The king is coming, and that's good news, because that means if the king is coming, and we live in a day of confusion and trouble and kind of chaos, the world not seeming to know what to do, the good news is the king is coming and justice will prevail. And all the sins and all the evil and all the terror and all the anguish and all the trouble in the world will finally and completely be done away with. Wow. And that passage we heard in Jeremiah, that talks about the first coming of the king. In those days and at that time, I will make a righteous branch sprout from David's line. He will do what is just and right in the land. How shall he be called? The Lord, our righteousness. Someone is coming to live the perfect life that we and everyone else could never live. There's a lot of frustration in this world right now. It was no different just before Jesus came, people were angry with each other. And why is that? Well, people don't seem to know what is the right thing to do, let alone do the right thing. Things are not crystal clear on a lot of issues. We should not be surprised because we don't have perfect knowledge, not even close. We see through a glass dimly we don't have all the answers, not even close. But here's the good news. The Lord, our righteousness, has come. Jesus Christ, and he came to live the perfect life that we could never live. And then he died in our place, and he died to forgive every sin, every poor decision, Every frustration, every hurt, every misstep, every bad word spoken, every unkind and arrogant thought, every selfish inclination, yours, mine, and ours, he came to forgive. And he is our righteousness. Man, that is good news. This king, the righteous one, is coming back for us. And king means justice will prevail. There will be order again. There will be fairness 
and kindness and prosperity and provision for all. All because the king is coming. And that's what we pray all the time in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what this time of the year is all about. Repentant prayer. We don't have to wait until the last day to experience the rule and reign of God. Christ has come. He has defeated the devil. He's paid the price of our sins and he died on the cross. And through faith, his spirit has taken up residence in our hearts and helps us to respond to the gift of salvation that is ours in Christ with a loving and repentant life lived under the King of kings and Lord of lords. In verse 36, that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Really? I don't know about you. But when I think about meeting Jesus, I'm going to fall on my face. And Jesus says, maybe, no, you will stand before me. When you stand before someone, what does that imply? You are fully exposed. They can see all of you. There's nothing to hide. No shame. No regret. No embarrassment. And no shortcomings. No feelings of not being able to measure up. Standing before Jesus means forgiven in the full sense of the word. It means accepted. It means loved. It means welcomed. It means alive. Man, there was a, in the Bible, no one could live and see God in the Old Testament. You couldn't, you couldn't, Look on the face of God and live. Certain death, but through Christ who makes us, who gives us, who is our righteousness, we can stand. Just the thought of that alone brings great comfort in these trying times. He will stand us up. His mercy and grace will lift us up so we can gaze on the beauty of the one who gave his life for us. And this is what we have to look forward to because of Jesus, because of our faith. And so in view of that gift of salvation, we're going to be careful how we live our lives, not letting the temporary cares and troubles and temptations of this life weigh us down because they certainly can we're children of god and our home is with god so let's never forget who we are and whose we are another cute little story story is told of a lamb and its mother it seems the lamb passed a pig pen each morning on the way 
with its mother to pasture. Watching the pigs wallow in the mud seemed like fun. And on an especially hot day, the lamb asked his mother if he could jump the fence and wallow in the cool mud. She replied, no. Then the lamb asked the usual question, why? And the mother just said, sheep don't wallow. This didn't satisfy the lamb. He felt that she had put him down, exercised force, which she shouldn't have, etc. So as soon as the mother was out of sight, the lamb ran to the pig pen and jumped the fence. He was soon feeling the cool mud on his feet, and then on his legs, and soon on his stomach. And after a few moments, he decided he'd better get back to his mother, but found that he couldn't. He was stuck because mud and wool do not mix. His pleasure had become his prison. He was hopelessly bound by his own folly. He cried and he cried out and he was rescued by a kindly farmer. And when cleaned back up and returned to the fold, the sheepfold, the lamb's mother said again, remember, sheep don't wallow. And sin is like that. It looks so nice, so easy to escape whenever we wish, but it's not so. Pleasure becomes our prison. The kingdom life is a life in which we have turned our back on sin. It no longer has dominion over our lives because Christ is our king. And we don't have to wait for the last day. We don't have to wait until we die. The kingdom of God is here even now. Today we can have the peace of mind knowing that no matter what may come our way, Jesus is still on the throne. He is the king. He's in control. And one day his rule and reign will be fully realized not just in the spiritual, not just in the hearts of those who believe, but according to the king of kings himself, in the physical and among all. When this veil of tears is gone, when all the disease and sickness and accidents of this world are gone, we will have a new place to call home, heaven. And heaven where there will be no more tears of sorrow, no more pain and suffering, just joy and happiness forever with God who will take care of our every need. That's your future. So, in light of that, bless the Lord, O my soul. Worship his holy name. Whatever may pass, whatever lies before me, let me be singing, when the evening comes, I've got 10,000 reasons for my heart to find. Amen.